Hello everybody and welcome to the first ever installment of The Knobcast, the football podcast you didn't think you needed or wanted. No one asked for this and yet I'm, I'm presenting it to you like an unwanted tart. It doesn't matter, we're out here, it's a Knobcast. And I'm not alone, obviously this would be a really weird concept if I was just talking to you non-stop for around an hour or so. I am joined by my Knobcast partner, Gasky. Hello Gasky mate, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. As good. you can see, Gasky is a United fan. I am a Manchester City fan. <sighs> Banterous dynamic. You love to see it. You really do. Basic, basic sort of premise structure for the Knobcast. We're going to be learning as we go, so do bear with us. The technology is hopefully going to get better as we go. It's a learning stage for both of us because I've never done a podcast. Gasky certainly hasn't done a podcast either. So as I say, do bear with us. Hopefully you get something out of it. But it's obviously primarily a sports podcast, a football podcast. But also just we'll, we'll deviate. We'll go off tangents. We're, we're mates at IRL. So we'll, we'll just like chat nonsense as well. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a sports podcast, a football podcast, but with a difference, with, with a little with a little edge. And Gasky, are you excited? Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, I'm not excited about talking about we know who, but I'm looking forward to the overall experience. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And and speaking of that, I mean, let's get straight into it, shall we? Let's start with just like a, a roundup thought slash analysis of of um the week's matches. We're actually recording this straight after Liverpool won, Crystal Palace won. Very interesting game at Anfield. So much going on in the match. Um, Palace playing on the deadly counter-attacking game. Darwin Nunez, an, an idiot um, and, and just not good uh, from a finishing standpoint. And, and Vieira, he, he did it at the Etihad last season. He's done it again. Uh, Gasky, give give me your thoughts um, overall on that game, please. I mean, it was as you would expect. I thought it would be a walkover for Liverpool. I think most people did. Um, I, you've been first 20 minutes, you probably thought, yeah, it's going to be close to a cricket score. But then again, Palace got the chances and they took one, tried the offside trap, didn't work. Zaha made it 1-0 and then I just didn't think Liverpool were going to score. And it was... And then that absolute moron, Nunes. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people missed the fact that he actually did it twice. The reason Anderson reacted was because he headbutted him. He, oh. he lent his head back into him. So then Anderson's then reacted to him and going, what do you think you're doing? Pushes him and he turns around and he him again. So he actually headbutted him twice. Oh, I didn't actually see that. I'm not I... sure if that'll affect, yeah. I was okay. on the replay. All right, okay. I, I must have missed that, yeah, because when, when it was happening on, on stream, I was just like, whoa, what's going on, what's going on? But yeah, if, if he yeah. initiates it as well, he can definitely have no yeah. complaints. But... Yeah, the, fir- the first one was a little one and then that's mm. why he was upset, Anderson. But then he turned around and gave him a, gave him a proper Zidane. So... Yeah, and... I mean, let, let, let's just stick with uh, Nunez uh, shortly. I know a lot of people jokingly um, in preseason said, you know, he's, he's going to be a flop. Da, 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 da. I, I, I never bought that as an argument. I, th- I think he is going to be a very good player, even with a poor game today. But how naive, yeah. how naive is it to, you know, Anderson, it's the dark arts of football. You know, it's like, it's, it's almost like a Diego Costa sort of thing of, you know, I'm going to niggle you and, and you're going to react and you've got to not react. But yeah. It's, it's just so petulant. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's, he's dipped in and he's got a bite from him. So simple as that. Yeah. I mean, he, teams will know now that he's got a temper and future, you know, future games, teams are going to exploit that. 
Yeah, it was just so bizarre because he didn't even hesitate. It was just like, yeah, I, I'm, def I'm definitely going to headbutt. It was like it was like very reminiscent of, I mean, it wasn't as bad, but sort of like, you know, in, in the uh, 2006 World Cup final with Zidane, where was, there was no hesitation. It was just, I am going to headbutt you. There's no thought here. Yeah. Really exactly, rash. Yeah, it's not like it was square up. He didn't even square up to start with and he said something. He's just gone straight at him. Yeah, just like, mm, like that. And you, and you could tell from, you could tell from Milner's reaction as well. He was just like, just get off the pitch. He's obviously oh, yeah. must have seen it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Klopp was done. He was just like, just get off. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. Oh, exactly. exactly. Um, and, and that was after, and that was after, uh, I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool fans call him Naldini, Nat Phillips. One of the worst defensive displays I've seen from a Liverpool centre-half in in many, many a match. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Try, try, as you, you, said, you mentioned before, trying to play, um, trying to play the offside trap against Zaha that's that's such a big matchup isn't it zaha yeah. versus phillips yeah, and exactly. they've got the legs yeah so i think um earlier in the game van dyke did it as well he stepped up but he did it at the right time you could tell the difference between one of the best yeah. centre backs in the world and someone who's inexperienced well he's, he's a competent defender isn't he van dyke that's that's the difference oh, yeah. there yeah and, exactly. yeah yeah and you'd think that with it being we all, we all know Trent is a little suspect defensively. Not not saying he's bad at defending, but if you've got Nat Phillips, who's your fifth choice centre half, because Canate was out yeah. with an injury, Matt about with an injury, Gomez only fit enough for the bench. Surely you don't. I mean, all the basically all the creativity was coming from Trent. So surely you don't have Trent be so offensive and have Nat Phillips next to him, yeah. who, as we've seen, we all knew before the match, is such a liability. Exactly, exactly, yeah. You've, you've, you've got them, someone who basically, you know, he's, like you said, suspect defender. And next to him, you've got an inexperienced centre-back. And it's like Zaha knew to exploit that. Because I'm sure he started on the wing to start with. Zaha, and he moved to the middle. Yeah, um, I think it was like Zaha and Eze. Well, he, he saw an opportunity, yeah. Exactly. He saw the opportunity from him. Yeah, um, Zaha and Eze, I think, were like interchanging on, on the uh, on the left and through the middle. I think, I think it was like Eze who played... Zaha through for that goal, and there there are a number of occasions as well in that game where if Eze or Zaha plays the ball quicker or plays a better ball, then it could have Palace could have had you know realistically they could have had two or three goals in this game. So exactly, yeah, yeah. On the on the day, then passes are good passes, and you never know. I mean, they could have could have got him exactly. Um, but ultimately, mm. Liverpool did get the did get the point. Uh, Luis Diaz with an outrageous finish, like like the the dribbling in the lead up to the goal was that oh, was mental. Yeah. Um, I think the XG on it was like 0 0.04. So it was like a 4% chance for yeah. that shot to go in. So very low exactly. probability, but it got them back into the game. But ultimately, Liverpool have dropped four points in two games. Is, um, you know, clickbait title. Is the title race already over, Gasky? I mean, it's, they've been, it, to me, it seems they've been figured out in a way, Liverpool. I think, the way they play, other teams are catching up, and they've just not got that that extra difference. That so you know, like City lacks the striker, they've got that now, and Liverpool really haven't. There's not further they can go, and if they get figured out, it's going to be challenging for them. But yeah, I mean, is it between City and Arsenal now, <laughs> <laughs> as it stands. So um, we'll see. We'll and also, see. and also, obviously, Nunez is now out for at least three games because of the red card i think sometimes they actually yeah. they actually lengthen that because of dangerous play um so a violent conduct it could be fine yeah that's the one yeah um so, so liverpool already dropped four points I, I, th I think you know to answer my own question i do think it is a little bit too early to rule them out however it's it's 
not an optimal start, obviously. Dropping points at Anfield, nearly unheard of for uh, Liverpool. And it, when, with City looking so good, and we'll get onto City later, don't you worry. With City looking so good, it's you don't expect them to drop points frequently. Liverpool have got some work to do already, and we're only literally only at match week two and also it's just like a huge huge l from me gatica i don't know what your fpl team is but i had uh i had salah in this in this game and i thought oh darwin Nunez, i want him him and my team so i i rearranged the squad did did two free transfers and just before like the other day i brought in Nunez for next match week so now i've got darwin well, darwin Nunez <laughs> on a red card for like three or five games or something i think you're gonna stink of that not yeah you <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah um but yeah there we go that is liverpool that is liverpool let's move on to chelsea versus spurs it was chelsea 2 spurs 2 battle of the bridge 2.0 gasky um it was a game that was exciting in terms of moments but not necessarily an amazing spectacle overall but like a fascinating tactical battle wasn't it it was i mean the first half in that spurs might have gone by the end of the first half, really. I mean, it was it was all Chelsea, wasn't it? And uh, they deserved the lead. But then, obviously, all the drama, all the drama began then mm-hmm. between the managers and handbags. We can get up to the referee, yeah, and the referee. Oh, my lord, <laughs> he, the amount of times Chelsea have been stiffed by him is unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, let, let, let's talk through. Let's talk through those goals now. So, so the first goal for first goal for uh, Chelsea was wait, what? What was the first goal from Chelsea? I can't actually remember. Who scored the first goal? Could we ball it? Oh, was that it was that amazing volley? That amazing volley from the corner, wasn't it? Oh yes, it was the color volley one. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, outrageous rockets. Oh, yeah, so beautiful goal. Yeah, beautiful che- goal. yeah, Chelsea were dominating the possession, um, not really doing much with it. Got the corner goal again, low probability goal, but doesn't matter. Um, and then the, yeah, the first. So, what do you think about the first goal? Because I've looked back back at it, and from my perspective, Havertz is fouled in the in the build up to it. However, and, and, but then there's like forty seconds later, the goal is scored, and also Chelsea get possession in that sort of uh, time frame. Yeah, I, I would say it's a second phase. Because I think the rule is, if it's the same attacking phase, that's when they can pull it back. But, I mean, 40 seconds. What is it, 40 seconds? Around Mile that, yeah. Maybe longer than that. It's it's miles too long to be able to pull it back. Yeah. Because if, what, if, what if it was a minute and it was the, still the same Spurs possession? Mm-hmm. You're not going to pull it back if they score. But, yeah, I think that just the length of time and the fact that Chelsea won the ball back must you know you can't you can't overturn that yeah exactly and then and as you say chelsea won the ball back on Jorginho for no reason at all decides to do, to do like a dummy in his own box and then spurs pick it up and hoybier scores a fantastic goal yeah um and then uh and then uh that was chelsea's third goal there's a, there was a huge tactical battle going on between uh conte and Tuchel. like they constantly ch- kept changing formations i think conte at one point had Richarlison and Kulishevsky and Son and Harry Kane all on the pitch at the same time. They went very narrow uh, to try to combat Chelsea's width, but then that was sort of their Achilles heel because the goal yeah. was scored because they, they were two. Because then I think Chelsea overloaded on the left. Sterling got in, got the assist. Yeah, Reece James was, high, was it high bear lost the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. And then uh, Sterling yeah, getting yeah. an assist, and then great finish by James. But the main event. Let's talk about the main event from this game, which was. 
the, the equalizer from Spurs? Uh, I do not know how there's a room of people who are watching that over and over and can't see someone pull someone's afro to the ground yeah. and still allow the goal. It's always worse with an afro, isn't it? In terms it's, of hair grabbing. It's just, exactly. I just can't believe it. Like, I think, I think it was United against Leicester. Yes. Uh, hoofed it into Fellaini, and he got a five. So if he doesn't get a five-match ban, Romero, at least, then it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because it, it, it's not even like a little like a little pull. It's like a proper it, yank and draw yeah, it's like, not like that. Done, yeah. It's not like they've done it each other. He's literally, if that was a wig, that's coming <laughs> off. He's pulled, he's pulled it. He's pulled it that ah, That's coming off. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then and then obviously Chelsea are annoyed. Um, maybe do you think maybe because it's it's like the last bit of the game they they feel aggrieved. Maybe they switch off a little bit. Like three or four Spurs players attack the corner that comes in, and they've ultimately King yeah. gets in the back of the net, and it yeah it's almost like a winner for Spurs. But I mean yeah, I mean at the end of the day, you talk you talk about decisions going against you, but you still got to defend the corner. Mm. You know every that's only one that's only one one on one challenge. There's other one-on-ones going on in the box and you know harry kane wanted him more than the rest so yeah exactly he's and, always he's always gonna back that yeah and he gets his goal uh yeah and, and then well let, let's just like um talk yeah. about the whole tuchel conte thing i mean that's a good question who who who's winning in a fight tuchel or conte Oof, i mean <laughs> it would be a very interesting very interesting fight i mean it's like it's like watching um Martinez against Tony again from Saturday night. I mean, <laughs> it'd be very interesting to watch. <laughs> I think that I, I think that because I'm thinking a street fight, like you know, like a UFC. And let's let's put them in an octagon. I because Tuchel's quite scrawny, and he looks a bit I don't know, like a, a sickly and anemic. Whereas Conte, yeah, he, he, Conte's quite agile, I reckon. Yeah, quite and an agile. He, he, he looks quite built. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, you know, he's, he obviously looks after himself you know, with the Mediterranean diet and all that stuff. I, I reckon he'd, I reckon he'd have Tuchel, to be honest. You know, me, me, you know, yeah. Leave, leave a comment. Who would win in the fight? Who? <laughs> this is a very normal football podcast. Italy, yeah. Who, who would? <laughs> who would win in a fight? Fantastic question. Conte or Tuchel? My money is on Conte. Better manager tactically. Better manager in a fight. Absolutely, um, and then Definitely. just and then Definitely. just like one one final thing I wanted to say from that uh, the Chelsea Spurs game was they need a striker, don't they? Just like thinking long term, and like if they want yeah. to win challenge yes. for the title, then definitely their main definitely. attacking options are Sterling, who is a fantastic player. I love Sterling, but he's not he's not good centrally. And then Havertz, who they're trying to turn into this number nine, and I just don't see it. He's not a good enough finisher no. for being a number nine at all. Just, just doesn't, no. doesn't have that instinct. And even today, when he did get into the yeah. right places, just blazed it. Exactly, and completely scuffed it. So, exactly. Uh, so, unfortunately, well, fortunately for some viewers, but unfortunately for others, we are now moving on. <laughs> we are now moving on to um, uh, a game to forget for Manchester United. A game to forget. Brentford for. I, I, I don't know where to start with this one. <laughs> Brentford for Manchester United nil. Gasky, would you say would you would you say it's fair to say that Matt, that David de Gea's performance was unforgivable? It was probably the worst I've seen him play. I I have seen him play. I saw him on his 
on his debut again in the community shield against City, and both of the goals were his fault then, and that was 2011. So I've seen plenty in 10 years. I've seen him be, be the best keeper in the world. I've seen him be the worst keeper in the world. And he's just liable. You know he's got it in him that he'll have a game like that. Yeah, because, I mean, normally, you said it, you said it there, best goalkeeper in the world at times. In terms of his shot stopping, that's normally never been in doubt. But even against Brentford the other day, that even that failed him for the first goal especially. Exactly. And he's done that loads of times where he's let it go under him. Yeah, and if he's not even... So that, sh- I, Sorry, go on. Yeah, he's not. He's just not sure. Yeah, he's just he, again. It's like, why are you trying to pick that up? You, you're moving to the corner of the goal. Why are you picking the ball up? Yeah, and it's like, if De Gea isn't shot stopping, then what is he offering? Because at least with, let's say, Edison or Allison, who, who you know, Edison especially has been you know suspect from a shot stopping perspective at times. But even if he is liable there, at least he's offering something else to the team. If De Gea can't even get his shot stopping right, then he's then what's the point of him? Exactly. I mean, with modern day football now, and every manager tries to do it, Ten Hag's trying to do it. United is play out from the back, and he again, his decision making is too slow to do that. He, like the second goal, I think it was the second one with the, where Ericsson got dispossessed mm-hmm. is a prime example. That's on De Gea, in my opinion, on that one. Totally. He just took so long. All he had to do was pass to Maguire. Maguire plays to low, and you go round. Yeah, absolutely. Ericsson doesn't want to pick the Ericsson doesn't want to pick the ball up in his own pretty much nearly a six yard box. Yeah, yeah. He wants to pick it up on nearly in the half of the pitch. Yeah, the the, the pass. Yeah, it's I totally agree. It's definitely on to Hey. The pass is not on to Ericsson. He's he's being. I, I think it's is it, is it a Jensen or Jensen who's who's right yeah. on Ericsson. The pass is not over, on. Right? Yeah, he's just got to punt. I think and he plays Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, to Maguire to Delo, and then round, and Ericsson will then be on the other side of Jensen, and then they can sing on Yeah, it's it's just so I just I just don't understand. Do do you know? Because because there's another goalkeeper who who did, and we'll get on to him later. Uh, Dean Henderson, who again I'm not totally sold on him, but he is still technically a United player on loan, not not sold, is on loan. He now he can, to an extent, distribute, you know, shot prevent, play with his yeah. feet. Yeah. So, United knew, United must have known that the higher-ups, even when Ranić was there, they must have known that the, the, the end goal is to play, you know, the, the sort of football the likes of City and Liverpool play and Arsenal now, where it's like, you know, playing out from the back. So, therefore, you need a competent distributing keeper. So, why yeah. was De Gea continually played last season? I, I appreciate he got a lot of good numbers in terms of shot-stopping, but he's got. He had even last season when he, you know, had had a good season. He was, I think, he was like the worst in the Premier League in terms of coming to claim crosses. He was the worst in the Premier League in terms of defensive actions outside of his own box. Clearly, the, the signs we, we all know this. He's not good enough to play that style. So why was Henderson not transitioned in? It's it's a fantastic question because why wasn't it? Again, he doesn't command his box. The, the, again, the third goal was a corner. Yeah. You know, didn't command his box at all. He just stood there. Obviously, they just, the corner attack, United always can see from corners because they haven't got a commanding goalkeeper yeah. to start with. And, uh, and yeah, and not, and not giving Dean Henderson a solid go at it is beyond me, you know? I mean, he's not, he's not the perfect keeper, but he's young, you know? You give him some time and you never know what you'll get out of him. And I think, I think he deserved a chance and I'm glad he's gone to. You know, I'm glad he's gone on loan somewhere and he gets to get the opportunities because he's a great keeper, an absolute brilliant keeper. So, 
you know, it's only, you know, we get the chance at Forest now and then we'll United end up cashing in on him. I won't be surprised if they do. Yeah. With the way that other things are looking. But there'll be a big mistake. And you, and you said then, Henderson's not perfect, but but you're, but you're absolutely right. He doesn't have to be perfect. Like, like uh, uh, let me, I'm just going to go back to Pep's first season under City. Claudio Bravo, obviously he was a disaster from a shop-stopping perspective. It wasn't even that good from a distribution yeah. perspective. But the concept was right. It was like the right principle of get the team used to... Because Joe Hart was a good shot-stopper, like De Gea is, but he, had no, he could not pass. He could not distribute. At least Bravo yeah. sort of could. So the idea was... Well, Bravo is like a, a, a like a stopgap, and then we'll get a good uh, ball playing keeper in next season, and that yeah. turned out to be Edison. Yeah. So even if Henderson's not perfect, at least at least try him, and maybe and then get the yeah. team used to playing with a ball player. But now they're just lumped with De Gea, who's yeah. playing football from like two thousand and four. It seems oh, exactly. But it's the, so the weird. Only, but the only the only thing you can see in that team is I think it was bit of the second half, when they play at speed, you can see what they want to do. And going forward, they're not bad, but they don't do it often enough. They're never, you know, so like, you see teams that waste chances, but you know another one's coming. But United, you don't. You might have one chance in 25 minutes and it's over the bat. And that's it. But you see what they try and do and they're just lacking. The, mid the midfield's the biggest problem, in my opinion. Still the no keeper, defensive the midfielder. The keeper, no, the keeper problem's there. The, I mean, def defence... He's always going to be an issue, but if you've got a decent midfield, you can put any anybody in defence. Yeah, really. I, I mean, I know, I know the Liverpool game today. I know Nat Phillips was at fault, but you can put someone in if your midfield's going to keep the ball and yeah. play the ball. Yeah, and uh, and to be fair, Fabinho did bail Liverpool out a fair few times uh, today. Yeah, the, the, exactly. the, the beauty of having a defensive midfielder. The beauty of having yeah, a defensive exactly. midfielder. <laughs> and like the, per like the perfect perfect midfield system is what. He's like City's lineup. What well, was the City's midfield was Rodri, Gundogan, and De Bruyne. Holding midfield, ball playing, holding midfielder, box to box, and a playmaker. Simple. And United only have the playmaker part, who's having to do the box to box part as well. Yes, yeah, and they're lacking. And you can see, you can see with what Ten Hag wants to do, is why he wants to young so much. That 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 connection from defense to attack is exactly what he'll do. But again, he's not going to be the solution without a holding midfielder next to him. And speaking of holding midfielders, according yeah. to David Ornstein, uh, I read this morning, there is one, as far as I'm aware, there is one proper out-and-out -out defensive midfielder at United. Garner was at Forest on loan a couple of seasons. And he's apparently for sale. United are more than happy to sell him, apparently. I mean, so... Not so, I mean, because cause they want, there's no funds. They need funds, apparently. But you, so but you think, that's why they all want to cash in on him. But give it's Garner ridiculous. a chance. But, again, if, if they give him a go. See, I'm not sure if he is an out-and-out -out holding midfielder. He's not that type of player. But again, he's another one. Give him a go. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm... At the end of the day, yeah, Ten Hag said, um, if you wanted, he could sub all 11 if he could. So how about <laughs> against Liverpool? <laughs> Don't matter who you're playing against. They've lost a chance. Give these a chance. Yeah, he, 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 couldn't, he can't he be that. worse. He can't be worse than McFred. Surely, I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. I'm, I'm going to give you some stats to exactly. depress you now. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, Gask. I'm going to give you some stats to depress you now. This is the worst start by a United manager since 1921. It's the first time in 30 years United have been at the bottom of the Premier League table. It's Man United's seventh consecutive away defeat, which is the first time that's happened since 1936. 
Also in that year, United lost to Brentford 4-0, by the way. That's a very bizarre fact, but there you go. And it's also the first time United have conceded four in the Premier League in 35 minutes. And it's the first time they've conceded four in the first half away from home in the Premier League. Ten Hag effect. Good, isn't it? Good, isn't it? <laughs> it's an absolute mess. Yeah, I don't actually think it it's Ten Hag's fault. I don't think it's actually Ten Hag's fault, to be fair. But, he, I mean, it, oh, oh, that, that being said, he's not helping himself by... Someone said it in my uh, chat the other day. He's not helping himself by getting De Gea to play a style of football he clearly cannot do. So he's got to take yeah. some responsibility. But then, is it is it his ruse of getting him battered to prove what he needs <laughs> to the board? <laughs> Look, I need, I, need, I need supply. But he's also now gone and said... He went pre-season, he was like, I'm happy with my squad, and now he's saying, I need quality players. So yeah. it's clear as day, you know exactly what he needs. Yeah, not he, good enough. He's, at ha- all. he's happy until he loses twice and gets battered by little league opposition to be fair yeah my my other exactly yeah my other thoughts on the match were just i mean gary neville said this on commentary uh he said it's an achievement to spend a billion quid and be this bad i think he's got a very good point there just years of poor spending yeah when you when you have when you have businessmen running the club and no actual sporting brain what happens yeah just yeah i'll I'll say it again A, a day a day to forget Man United. But let's 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 be fair. Brentford were knew exactly what to do. Simple as that. Run. Of course, yeah. yeah. Running running what? Running close to fourteen kilometers more than United and they're making the United in training do that, the players. He's damn right. The minimum they should be doing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doing double that to run more than them, not the same as them. Of course, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Brentford were very good. Like take nothing away from the performance, but it's it's just when, when it's United and they, and they play that badly and you're a United fan, I'm a City fan, we're obviously going to focus on United no. being probably a huge, huge congratulations to Brentford who are exceptional and I love Brentford so much as a football club. They are, they are literally the exact opposite of United in all the right ways. They're a, they're a, small, they're a small club, yeah. but they're incredibly well-functioning and incredibly astute financially and in, incredibly well-run and that, and that paid dividends on the pitch today uh, when they beat United yeah. 4-0. Right, uh, and let's go from one four to another. Manchester City four, Bournemouth nil. Now, what was interesting about this match for me? I mean, let's get let's, we'll get into that after actually. But for, first of all, this I mean, this was the definition of champions versus a newly promoted side. It was Bournemouth didn't have a chance from from, from like minute from like the first time the ball was kicked. They didn't really have a chance, did they? No, movie's always going to be like they're saying the only thing they could have done is a smash and grab. It was just basically what we saw. What we saw today, Liverpool against Palace, really was just hope, hope an opportunity would come and they could take it and hold on to that. But it never came, and then they just—I mean, De Bruyne just proved why he's the best in the world. Simple as that. Oh, you just—you know—you you can't even give him. You give him space. You'll, you can literally mark anyone, and you'll still find them. So it nothing much they can do. Really. Yeah, that that I mean that that second goal and, and KDB's goal was just. Oh, it's just, it's like, no, it, it was, it was the shimmies. It was the outside of the fours. Oh, I, lo- I love De Bruyne so much. I say he's easily the I mean, best midfielder in the world. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at the Bournemouth players from that goal. They're right. Mark Harland is going to play it to him. No, but we need to go to him or he's going to shoot. They're in a situation where no matter what happens, you've got to hope they miss. Simple as that. You're just going to be missing the target. Yeah. With all the option they had. So. And, and, and speaking of, uh, Holland, 
only eight touches in the match. A lot of people who didn't watch the match deciding to try to use that as some, some sort of like weapon to attack Holland with. Well, the fact of the matter is he had two passes, but one of them was an assist, which broke the deadlock. And it was a very good assist, by the way. Which I think, I, think, I don't know if it was true, but I believe that was his first touch as well. I thought it was his first touch. Maybe, maybe. It was, it was certainly his first pass because his second pass was from the kickoff in the second half. So it was certainly his first oh, pass. Right, right. Um, yeah. but, but, the, but just because you have like eight... That, that, I don't know what the record is for fewest touches in a match. That might be the record. But you don't, if you're a number nine and you're an outside striker, that's fine because your responsibility isn't to get lots of touches. If Foden squares it to Haaland, he has a tap-in. What's Haaland doing? Uh, he, what, what is he doing rather than what he's not doing? He's occupying like two or three Bournemouth defenders. What does that do? It gets space for everyone else. That's how KDB is able to have all that space and score that goal because yeah, he, he, he occupies defenders. He, he got the theoretically he got the assist foul in the map because he's not scoring if Haaland's not there. Exactly. And, and if they didn't sign him, there wouldn't be anyone there really. Yeah. So and uh, I still think that City need to adapt to him. Um, good to see that. What what I found interesting watching that game was. Walker, I mean, Walker does sometimes invert, but he was basically just playing as a central midfielder. It was very interesting, but it meant KDB had so much space. Yeah. Basically, plays a right wing. His heat map, he was on, like, the right wing and in the right half space, which is where he was, like, a, you know, in the Centurion season where he was, like, whipping those balls into the likes of Aguero. So I think that maybe this will be a return for Haaland to go... Sorry, for KDB to go back to that sort of creator. But City need to get used to Haaland, I think. But that being said, eight yeah. touches, still had a great game. Not much, no, not much else to say. It's City. I mean, it's, it's Man City against the Bournemouth. They, they've won all eleven of their Premier League games. It's, it was never in doubt, to be honest. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Arsenal four, Leicester two. Now this is a six-goal thriller. Maybe the scoreline flattering Arsenal a little bit. From from my point of view, Arsenal. Arsenal sort of reminds me of City in 16-17, you know, Pep's first season. Good attacking, yeah. exciting to watch, hardworking players, but not the finished article and suspect defensively. And I think it's fair to say that Arsenal is still a little yeah. bit frail. Yeah. I mean, if we, if we look at them as a whole, they have, he's added to change the whole starting lineup in a season. And that's what he's been given allowed to do what he wants to do. And if you look at the defence, it's very inexperienced, isn't it, really? Especially for Premier League football. So there's gonna be there's gonna be iffy moments like that. Like you said, um, Guardiola lost a lot of lost a few games for a couple of drubbings, didn't they, when he first took over? So he's gonna you know, it's they're gonna maybe suffer Arsenal might suffer this season a drubbing and they might concede a lot, but they're going the right way. Now they've got you know, they've got rid of their the say viruses in the team. And brought in, you know, some young young blood, and then they seen they can play together. Yeah, I, I think it was a huge, I think it was hugely the correct decision to get rid of some of the more senior players, but disruptive players like Abamyang, for example, seemed to be a huge negative influence in the dressing room and even on the pitch as well. Um, bring and bringing in, I, I think the signings. I, I touched on this in my prediction video. I think the signings are excellent. I think because Arteta is trying to play like City and bringing in Jesus and Zinchenko, who aren't quite good enough to start for City week in, week out, but who are proven champions, bringing, not only bringing that winning mentality, but also just bringing mm. sort of like a Man City quality yeah. to Arsenal. I think they're fantastic signings. Yeah. 
They're not. I mean, they're not game changers, are they? Really? They're not. They're not going to be the ones to change a loss to a win, but they're ones to help you reach that next level. Because they're not going to reach. You know, if Arsenal want to get to the level of your Liverpools and your Cities, it's going to take years. But having them type of players there would be definitely going to lift them a lot higher. A lot higher. Yeah, definitely. The strikers what they missed last season, definitely. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and. Um... To be fair, I do think Jesus will be that. And indeed, we saw against Leicester, Jesus got two goals and two assists. I'm pretty sure he was exceptional. He yeah. just he just looks really confident. I always I always felt that at City that when he had a good run of games and didn't get injured, he was on, on fire yeah. and outrageous. In fact, he yeah. he got Aguero out when Jesus first joined City. He played Aguero out of the side. That's how good he was. But he picked yeah. up an, he yeah. picked up an injury. Not some not yeah. great performances. He's he's a confidence player, isn't he? I think, but he's now the main man at yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, and exactly less. He probably has a bit less pressure at Arsenal as well. But he's the, he's going to be yeah the main man. He's the number nine, and that's his position. And he knows that's his. Exactly. Just just let's let's just talk on touch talk on. Let's just touch on Leicester just very briefly. Have have they missed their chance to become like a not established top six side? But there are a couple seasons where. Brendan Rodgers could have got them into the Champions League. And I think it was two seasons in a row. They just missed out on the last day of the season when they really should have got yeah. there. And now it's like their best players being cherry-picked. Do you think this is sort of like the end of Leicester's cycle or can they go again? Uh, I I think it's close to it if we're looking at, like you said, the, a couple of them near misses haven't helped. Um, like, look, you know, Fafana potentially going to Chelsea for a lot of money. And from what I've read, he wants to go. They're holding him back because Leicester know this is what's happening now. They're becoming basically what Southampton were. When Southampton were kind of the top half, people were just taking taking the players because that was that next level, the stepping stone, which is what it seems to be that what they're becoming now, Leicester, rather than mm. an established team. Well, I think that I think Liverpool took about eight of their players, if memory serves. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all, yeah, exactly, yeah. <sighs> Well, there we go. That is, and and just just let's just have your final thoughts on Arsenal. How do you think they're going to do this season? Currently, they're only only City and Arsenal have won both of their games in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah, I mean the, the way it's looking, it's looking good for them. I think the way the way that I think United could be taking note because the way Arsenal have gone about it, they've got a manager, they know what he wants, and they're giving him the supply to run a team rather than a business, and that's exactly what United need to do, and that's what they needed to do for the last eight years. So I think it don't expect miracles. The Arsenal fans shouldn't expect, you know, oh, they're going to be in a title race because it might not be. But I think top four, based on what we've seen the first two weeks, is is definitely a chance for them if they can stay consistent. Absolutely, I, I do hope they. I, I'd like I like to see Arsenal in the top four. I like Arteta. I I predict them to finish outside of the top four. Uh, one of those reasons is that I'm not totally sold on Ramsdale. And speaking of. English goalkeepers. That's, that's a nice segue. I want to talk about... I want to talk about Newcastle nil, Brighton nil, or Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. Sorry. Just just very briefly, I just, want, I, was, I just want to talk about how I think Nick Pope maybe, or maybe Henderson, I think Nick Pope maybe could become England's number one. Just very briefly, who, do, who would you want to be England's number one at Qatar this winter? Oh, I mean... I mean... Jordan Pickford's a different gravy for England, and it's really, really strange why he is. But I think if if an, a player is if an English keeper is outstanding up till Christmas, they deserve the chance. I think 
because England don't play any special play out from the back football, do they really? So it doesn't really matter who's in goal. You want your best keeper overall. And I think Nick Pope, I think it's, he, I can't remember the last time he made a player mistake. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, Burnley when Burnley have never been a good football, like a good side in the Prem, but you, you always see they're getting clean sheets, and he's always up there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and he's he's more he's more proactive than I realised. Like he's got as many defensive actions outside of his penalty box in Allison last season, for example. That was with Burnley. Yeah. So yeah. you know, under yeah, under exactly. a pro, under a progressive manager like Eddie Howe, you know, I I think he could maybe improve as well. Yeah. In terms of yeah, the in terms of the other matches that happened, Villa two, Everton one. I don't even know if there's much to talk about that game. I, I think I've just summarised it by I saying mean, Villa have a striker, Everton do not have a striker. That is why they won this game. I mean, it was a game of football I mean, that happened. Prime prime example is Everton have sold their striker and not replaced him. That's the only reason that game finished two one. And their and their other striker is, it, is injured. And he's been injured for a long time. Yeah. So. And on the same note, I've got I've got I've got like a notes thing in front of me. Just just if I've got any any thoughts on the game, by the way, in case the viewers are wondering what I'm talking about here. And in my notes for Southampton two leads two, I've literally written I have nothing to say. LOL. Um. So unless Gasky, uh, you've got something to say about that game. Lee, Lee's from here to go lead. That was all that happened. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah wolves nil fulham nil wolves are shite at finishing mitrovic uh, missed the penalty i mean well yeah i mean wolves have always been that way they've always been what what has always been they don't concede a lot they don't score a lot mm-hmm. that's just how they are yeah well, yeah and i mean i had my fantasy football i had mitrovic and sar so it was a win, <laughs> win loss for me <laughs> in that situation so yeah wolves wolves are really weird so they need to start they just need to start scoring more like last season only the relegated I mean, sides were worse than them in they, terms of the goal scores. They try. They, they try. I mean, they buy players. They get players in and they get these, you know, these, I mean, Pedro Neto's a fantastic footballer. But, and then you'd think with Jimenez, a great striker, but there's just nothing there. Yeah, I think. <laughs> they're I think, just lacking, they're lacking a bit of central creativity. Like a playmaker type player, they don't really have one. Yeah, I, th- I think, to be fair to, be fair to Jimenez, he did suffer a really horrific injury um yeah, he's not yeah, really been yeah. the same player ever since sadly no he hasn't um but th- there's a common theme here like you know lots of these teams need a striker brighton need a striker i think southampton maybe need a striker um wolves wolves need a striker fulham have a striker um but he missed the penalty and speaking of strikers west ham didn't start their new striker as forest beat them one nil and this if you're a west ham fan You've got to be so just bewildered at how you did not score in that game. I mean, from what I saw, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so that's the only thing they didn't do. Put the ball in the net. I mean, yeah. they did everything. It was just one of those. As I say, I thought they were so unlucky to score. Uh, Forest goal was slightly fortunate as well. It took a deflection. Uh, yeah. Declan Rice missed a penalty. I feel like I normally associate with him with being quite competent at set pieces. Uh, maybe, maybe that's wrong, but it just he seems to me like a good penalty taker. Uh, they hit the crossbar, and it's not even like they hit the crossbar and it like bounced like back back out. It was that 1966 England against West Germany one where it hit the crossbar and it bounced down and it could have gone over the line, but it just didn't on both occasions, missing two big chances My, yeah. and ultimately having it. West Ham scoring zero goals, 
having an XG of 2.26. Um, I mean, that's impressive. It's 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 almost it's almost impossible, I'd suggest. And 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 their, yeah. and their main main striker once again, he he was on the bench against City. He he came on. I can understand not starting his first game. You know, Darwin Nunez didn't start his first game, for example, game back to fitness. But the second game, surely you start your new signing. Then why didn't Skamaka start? I mean, yeah, you, I mean you're playing against a newly promoted team, and you you're you've come from a lower a lower Italian league team. Oh, you know, a big sign in. This is your chance to make your mark. And, you know, everyone's talking about Nunes and Haaland. You never know. You can come in, score a hat-trick on your debut. And people are talking about you then. And you think yeah. that's the, what, what West Ham might have wanted. But then then again, what we were saying about Leicester, West Ham potentially need to be careful as well because they could be, again, on the ropes of being able to shockingly get in the Champions League. And then will players start take you know, will people start using West Ham as a stepping stone if they're not careful as well, so... Exactly, and uh, and also Cornet. There, I think it's pronounced Cornet. There, another new signing, not yeah. started. Um, yeah. Again, I don't know if there's a fitness issue that why why they aren't starting, but either way, ho- hopefully for West Ham's sake, we'll yeah. see Skamaka. Because w- when he came on against City, I thought Skamaka, I thought he looked, I thought he looked okay. He's 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 definitely a poacher. Like you have to give him the ball. He's not going to create anything. But if he's yeah. given the service, that's fine. I'm not necess- necessarily sure how it's going to work with Bowen mm-hmm. linking to him. But yeah. But there you go. Uh, but there you go. That is the roundup of the matches completed. As I say, we've got a general structure for this podcast, but you know, as I say, we are learning, so do do bear with us. And the sort of overriding uh, discussion I just want to uh, talk about now, for maybe like the next five to ten minutes or so, is the whole Barcelona situation and the, and the financial disarray and mess of that club. Uh, obviously, I'm a City fan. You're a United fan. We're, uh, both of our clubs have been affected yeah. in one way or another by the whole Barcelona situation, whether it's Bernardo Silva or, or Frankie de Jong. Um, do you want to just like give me your thoughts on, on the whole, I mean, it, it, let's, if you want to talk about Frankie de Jong being held hostage, especially, and just like your whole thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where to start with it. I mean, from, from my point of view, you're, you're a business, you've got no money. How are you spending money if you haven't gotten it? I just, they've been allowed to sign players but then the league won't let them use the players pretty much without the money. So how were they allowed to do the signing part in the first place? That that's what I don't get. And then with, you know, Frankie De Jong, if I don't know what I don't know what's true and what's not anymore. It's been going on that long. <laughs> Is it that he I mean, I don't know if it's that he's happy to leave, but he'd rather stay, so Barcelona are doing what they can for him to stay. I mean it happened with Messi really. He didn't go into the last minute until they knew that they had to get rid of him, which he could be similar for De Jong, which means that Bernardo Silva potentially might end up going to Barcelona last minute. Yeah, wait. Well, then, then it's again, they've got the money from Frankie De Jong to help the club. So why are you going to go and spend it again? Yeah, and I just don't know. You, you make you make a good point about how they can spend money, but they can't or or couldn't register the players. They've now been able to register all of their new signings, apart from Kunde, who still isn't registered. Um, I think he does have a fitness issue, but still they, they would have to sell another I think they'd have to sell an, another player or two before they'd be able to register him. And this is a club which is one point five billion dollars in debt, there or thereabouts. And this is a club which is begging players to take pay cuts. And this is a club which is asking players to take defer deferrals on their payments. 
And that's all well and good, you know, every, every club goes through tough times, you know, he, the current president inherited a poor situation with the whole, you know, Neymar, money, and Coutinho, Griezmann, Debele, etc. Spending lots of money on bad players, really. However, what you cannot do then is spend 65 million quid on Rafinha, or whatever it was, spend however much it was on Lewandowski, and, all, and, all, and let's also take into account their wages, and spend however much it was on Kunde and bring in, a, a, was it the was it Kessie from AC Milan on, on a free? But again, if there's no such thing as a free transfer. He's gonna get, he's not being paid peanuts. He's getting paid money. Exactly, yeah. And so, so, so you can't on one hand say, oh, guys, can you like, please take a pay cut? Or La Liga, please, can you let us off because we're struggling financially? And then just go mental spending money that you don't have. Or, or that the league is saying, well, you can spend it technically, but we're not going to let you register them. So you can't have it, but you can't have your cake and eat it. Uh, yeah, that, that's the part that shocks me. I mean, they've a handful of signings that they've made, and every single one of them, they haven't been able to come straight in. I mean, it was very last minute, I think, for four of them to play mm. in the, the game this weekend. Yeah. I think it was, the fri- I think it was Friday. Yeah, exactly. When they were registered. Yeah, well, when the they were... before the game. So when... it's all last minute. Apart- and apparently... PK is going to play for a free, close to free. That's how much he's and because he's probably thinking, I've, I've, I've got a vault full of money now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not bothered. Okay, I'll play it. You know, I'm, I'm going to probably retire in a year. I'll, I'll just play for fun. Because at the end of the day, he's, it's not like he's not getting paid. So you might just go, I'm not getting paid anyway. I'll just, I'll just walk dry. Yeah, it's Doesn't just make a difference. It's just it's so. I don't have an issue with clubs spending money. It would be really hypocritical as a City fan for me to say, you know, I've got an issue with clubs spending money. But you've got to spend the money that the league says you're allowed to spend. The league, La Liga is saying that you can't register all these players. But what they've done is they've pulled all these economic levers. In case you don't know what that is, basically... Um, Barcelona is selling off like loads of its um, like uh, sponsorship rights in, in in like Barcelona studios, for example, and like uh, broadcasting rights to external companies for uh, money short term, so that they can then all, like balance their books on the company accounts and therefore go say to La Liga, look, we're financially responsible. We've just generated all this money. Let us register all these players, please. And that sounds like it could be an interesting idea, but my issue with it is that. I don't know the exact figures, but it's that for one of the levers was selling like 25% of the broadcast revenue that you'd get from La Liga for like the next 20, 25 years, something like that, a long time, wherever it was. And it's a, you get a big lump sum up front, but it's going to be worth so much more in the future. So short term, you're getting a lot of money, but long term, you're losing it massively because you're selling, you're selling the rights to something which is worth so much more than the lump sum you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that that's how it is, and what they're going to hope for is, I reckon, someone will come and buy them and get that stuff back. But with all the debt they've got, yeah, well, who, who would want to? It's it's yeah, as I say, well, I think like the loans now are structured, so it's more like you know government loans to their long term. But it's it's still still yeah. a lot of money. There's not, nothing necessary. There's not it's not necessarily bad to be in debt, but it is bad to be in that much debt when your financial accounts are just in total disarray and for me the the analogy i would use is barcelona is a starving person they're starving and someone's giving them a lifeline of right here's i don't know here's 100 quid you use it for the use it for like the next week something like that 
And what they've done is they've gone to the shops and they've bought a, a load of grapes. They've brought a load of apples and bananas and they're feasting and they're loving it. But that fruit's going to be off in a couple of days. So you're eating today, but you're starving tomorrow sort of thing. So I just don't really... Yeah. It, it's really short-sighted. But, but, but the, yeah. issue, the issue with the whole La Liga system is that or Barcelona anyway, is that they've got a president who gets elected. Now, all that president cares about, Laporta in this case, all he cares about is making sure his presidential term is good. He just wants to make the Barcelona fans happy, no matter what. And the Barcelona fans are happy with this because they're short-sighted as well, it seems. But the next president is going to have to deal with all these issues where they're not getting as much money from La Liga broadcast, uh, for example. And it's just really short-sighted to me and it's also quite arrogant i think that barcelona yeah. think they can get away with all of this and keeping frankie like Dion hostage yeah, i mean in the next yeah in the next what two to three years it might be fine but come the next decade or so you don't know where they're going to be exactly it could, it, could, it could be that they're really far down mm. and they didn't even win their first game of the season it was nil nil against like Rao oh, no, valicano all that money spent <laughs> no. all that money spent <laughs> yeah. No, no. This is just a club that doesn't learn their lessons like like last season. I mean it was I mean my team didn't <laughs> also show I mean United and Barcelona are both showing how not to run a football club. Should write their own book and sell that <laughs> make a bit of revenue. But to be fair, at least United are, you know, generating revenue and they're sort of solid financially yeah. and they're spending money it's that not, they have. Yeah, it's not like yeah, they haven't got a bunch of players knocking on the door asking to be let in. Yeah. But that, so. and, it's, and it's the same it, it's the it's the not learning from their mistakes thing that annoys me this exact situation yeah. last year la liga said you do not have the money to sign players right now so just chill out in fact you're over the budget in fact right now you can't re-sign messi so what do they do they bring in aguero and they bring in javi garcia and they bring in uh, memphis Depay. you know I, th I think at least two of them are on freeze but they're still being paid money and then they think, oh, yeah, we'll still get to sign yeah. Messi. And obviously they weren't. So just the arrogance annoys me, I think. That's the main thing. Yeah, so from like from my point of view, you've got these players on a free. You've saved quite a lot there from a transfer fee. So be, be happy with that. Don't go, oh, we've signed them on a free. Let's go and, let's go and give Leeds what they want for Rafini now. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've, you've just saved that money. Why are you just going, oh, I don't yeah. know. I just... And then just odd signings, really like even last, like early in the... Like last season, like a bat bringing in a Bamiang who's, who might go to Chelsea, bringing in Depay, who is apparently going to terminate his contract, bringing in um, uh, Adama Traore for whatever reason. Unlock, and, unlock, and yeah. The, yeah, but it's just such a weird transfer. Again, it and, is. And like, it, like the Aubameyang one, they finally, Barcelona finally got him out of the club, and now he's gone to Barcelona and been like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in 12 yeah. months. I mean, why, again, why would you want to go there if you don't know where you're going to be in 12 months? Yeah, and that, imagine, imagine trying to tell your family and your kids that you don't know where you're going to live in 12 months. And that's <laughs> why, just, even from that point of view. And that's why it does just confuse me a, a tiny bit on the whole Bernardo Silva links. I, you know, I understand, I'm sure he grew up, Barcelona, huge club, maybe his favourite team, mm. and he's linked to that. He apparently does want to move away. He's, he's, he's not the sort of person to force the move, um, but, um, but it, it just... I mean, they can't I, unless it's I mean, unless it's Frank Young, there's no way they could afford him anyway. But as you say, I, I just I just really hope no. Bernardo Silva stays um, at City. I think w when he came on at, at against Bournemouth, it was just like we were singing his the Bernardo Silva song for like five ten minutes yeah. straight. He got a huge applause and it was great.
Yeah, yeah. Um, but what what do you think? Do you think the Bernardo will um be a City player? I I I under I do understand from his quality why he would want to leave. Mm. I do. You you want to play every minute when you're that good at football. You want to play week in week out. It was just, I think it was similar for Sane. You know, you wanted to play week in week out, and you were never guaranteed. You're never going to be guaranteed that at City unless you are that next level. So unless you take your chance, I understand that. But again, City obviously treat players very well because players don't hand in transfer requests. They don't force moves. They ask to leave and then they get their chance to leave, which is which is exactly how a team should be run, really. Absolutely. But but yeah, if it, I mean, what is it, 70, 70 million? That Around that, yeah. Friend, apparently. Sorry, I'm just... Where so, have they got that from? Sorry, I'm just, I've just got to interrupt you there because we've got some breaking news. I'm just, just searching in Bernardo Silva. Recent tweets... From Fabrizio Romano, Bernardo Silva has signed a contract extension. What a huge oh, W. I'll take that, I, I, I take that back. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, oh, yeah. then? What are your thoughts yeah, on he's, that? He's, 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 extended, he's, he's, he's not, extended until 2027. That is amazing. So, so that'll, that'll be... So that'll be... They've got win that he potentially wants to leave and they've offered him a bit more money. Yeah. And he's happy to stay for it. Simple. It's like any, like any, any job. Any that job, is huge. Simple as that. And, it's not, and that's the right way to do it. That's exactly that's what exactly football should be like. Well, I'm sorry, Gasky, but you've fallen into my trap because that is objectively incorrect. And in case you're confused, you know, we're, we're playing a game, okay, on this podcast. It won't necessarily happen every time. Let me just go to me so I can explain it. One of my catchphrases, catchphrases is objectively incorrect, and the game is I I try to say something, it, maybe once a podcast that's outrageous, and I try to get Gasky to believe it. If if Gasky calls me out on it, he's got to say that's subject. We've talked about this before. He's got to say that's objectively incorrect. If I get it right, I get the point. If he calls me out correctly, he gets the point. If he calls me out incorrectly. I get the point, but Gasky, I'm I'm so sorry. I've lied to you. That was that was objectively incorrect. I don't like this game. <laughs> I really don't I like thought, this game. I thought you weren't gonna. Oh. I thought you weren't gonna buy it at first because I was like, oh no, he's figured it out. Hasn't he? he's figured it out? But we got there eventually. You, were, you were looking at your screen for about five minutes. I, I genuinely thought I built it up. I, I planned this off stream. I was like, right, how, right, what am I, how am I going to catch him? How am I going to make this believable? I was like, right, I'll, I'll talk about oh. Bernardo Silva. I'll pretend I'm googling. I even I don't know if you heard me type on my keyboard, but I was like, right, I'll Google that. I pretend to be looking over You're here. You're doing it for five minutes. A star in performing arts. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Thank you very much. I know what to expect. I know what to expect. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, sorry for that. But that was the first one. I had to win the first one so we could play the game. Uh, I think that's fair to say. But yeah, um, but that's Barcelona's financial situation. Um, final thing I want to say is I think you said they're waiting to be bought. I think they're, they're sort of bank. And the reason why they made all those signings last season especially and this season before, I think they're banking on the Super League happening. Because if that happens, then they get hundreds of millions in, in additional revenue. All, and all then, saved, and then and all of their financial problems go away. So I think they're still... And, and they're, it, sorry, go on. They are, very, they are very confident, these teams, though, that haven't, haven't left. Exactly. Very confident. Which makes me which makes me think that they really want it to happen. And it also puts hope that 
some owners will just decide to sell, sell up shop mm. to, just to avoid it. Because, I mean, who who would join? Like, other teams might as well not. Like, I, I, I can see United join if it does happen because they need the money. It'll give the owners a way of getting out, potentially. Oh, that's I never thought about like, like that. Teams like City and stuff, City and stuff have no reason to. Chelsea yeah. probably have no reason to, unless, but again, American owners, if they can double their profits, they will. Exactly. And obviously, obviously, I hope that doesn't happen, but you do get the feeling that, because it's, it's the three clubs that, who still haven't pulled out, it's Juventus, Barca and Real Madrid, isn't it? Um, so you do get the feeling that Barcelona yeah. are sort of banking on it happening and they're like, well, we'll just spend loads of money and then JB, JB Morgan or whoever the bank is that's, that was going to fund the Super League would just you know pay us hundreds of millions of quid and we'd be fine. Um, but there you go. That's Barcelona's financial yeah. situation uh, covered. I, I don't... I, it's so annoying because I used to love Barcelona. Just, just, just the last thing on this. I used to love Barcelona. The team, Pep's Barca, for me, is the best football side to ever exist. Love the football. And now it's just a, a shadow of his former self in more yeah, ways than one. The, it's just sad. The, the, yeah, the 2009 Champions League final, I think it was, or 2010, the one at Wembley against United. That yeah, that's the one. the best thing I've ever seen. That's not played. It's absolutely... That's how you play football. That is what people love the love football. It's yeah. just the way they play it. It's, it's, it was no, perfect no, for me. No big, no big egos. No big egos. There were players through the academy as well. Mm-hmm. And they all know how to play together. Simple as that, and Absolutely. they were the best. And now they are shite. But that's Barcelona. Um, next thing I want to move on is a little quick game, a little fun game. It's called, it's a simple game, Guess the Footballer in 60 Seconds. The rules are very simple. The rules are thus. Obviously, I'm about to ask Gasky some questions. It's yes or no. It's yes. I, I can only answer yes or no with, with leeway either way. But in general, Gasky should only be asking me questions which have a yes or no. He's got 60 seconds to guess the footballer. It's very straightforward. It's very straightforward, but hopefully it should be interesting. Uh, I've got two. Bring I think, it on. I think, have you got two for me as well? I have. I have two. Perfect. So how about, shall I go first, then you, then me, then you? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that way. Lovely stuff. Well, let me get my... There we go. I've got my timer on my phone. Okay, Gasky. You've got 60 seconds. Guess the footballer. Go. Top five league. Yes. The Premier League. Yes. Uh, top 16. Yes. It's Arsenal. No. City. No. United. No. Chelsea. No. <laughs> <laughs> My lord. Um, attacker. Yes. Uh, Son. No. Kane. No. Oh, no. Liverpool. <laughs> Salah. No. <laughs> Diaz. No. Nunes. Yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I forgot about Liverpool. I lost count. I lost count in the team. I lost count in the team. Yeah, you did that with 15 <laughs> seconds to spare. Well done. And and that that was an Ooh. easy one, by Ooh. the way. That was an easy one that did to get us into I, the game. So that I, was quite... I, I balls that up. I balls that up. That was up. funny. You started saying the Spurs person. Well, I was like, no, you haven't said Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgot. Amazing. Count. Right. Well, mine, mine would be a bit more interesting. Do you, have okay. a, do you have a timer with you? I, I don't. Well, I, 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 I will do it then. Uh, when it gets to 60 seconds, I'll say I've, I'm on, I've got a final guess, yeah? If I don't get it before then. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Three, okay. 
two, one, go. Top five league? No. Dutch league? No. Portuguese league? No. American league? <laughs> no. European? Yeah. European league? Yes. Oh, what else is there? Uh, Scottish League? Yes. Right. Um, Rangers? No. S Celtic? Yes. I don't know any Celtic players. Joe Hart? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes! Get in. Get in. <laughs> oh, oh, outrageous. That was a good one. I panicked then. I was like, what are the, what are the leagues are there? I've... I've... I've done it. You get the team, you get the player. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't think I know any of this because oh. I, I don't follow Scottish football, but I, 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 I think I remember Joe Hart being there. Obviously, is there. Okay, that was huge W. Right, okay. <laughs> this, this is my last one for you. It's slightly, it's it's trickier okay. than the other one. Um, okay. So, yeah, so three, two... Wait, let, let, let me say the thing again. For, for the TikTok content. Okay, Gasky, guess the player. 60 seconds, go. Top five league. Yes. Uh, Serie A. No. Spanish League. No. French League. Yes. PSG. No. Uh, Marseille. No. Nice. Yes. Aaron Ramsey. No. Do you even know who played for them? Oh. Um. Attacker. No. Who else plays for Nice? Oh, I'm man screwed. Uh, you don't know the you don't know the position. Uh, uh, midfielder. No. Defender. No. Right, the goalie for Nice. Who plays in that for Nice? Manlander. No. Who plays in? <laughs> I don't know who plays in that for Nice. No French. What was that? French. No, final guess. Uh, You're going to kick yourself. Oh my god. I can't even think of a player. Shat <laughs> I can't even think of anyone. Shall I tell you? Uh, oh, that uh, Lopez guy. Lopez. No, it was Casper no. Schmeichel. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yes, he re he's moved there this season. There you go, it's Kasper Schmeichel. He did, he did. He Excellent. Did. Okay. Last one. Uh, you to me. Are you ready? Uh, I will be in a second. Uh, you remember? Right. Yeah, I am. I'm sure I remember. I, I wrote his name now wrong. Brilliant. <laughs> Went for someone different. Okay. Oh, go on. Okay. Three, <laughs> two, one, go. Top five league? No. Oh, Dutch league? <laughs> no. Amer uh, MLS. Yes. I don't know any MLS players. Um, do they? Is it a West Coast team? Yes. Is it in California? Yes. That doesn't help me. Is it as? Um, <laughs> is it LA Galaxy? No. LAFC. It is. Yeah. Does he look like the sort of man who'd help you with his shopping? No. <laughs> Was he in a top five league last season? 
Yes. Is it Insigne? No. Was he in the Italian league last year? Yes. Juventus? Yes. Right, final guess. So it was at Juventus last year. You're, you're, you're so close. Who was it? And he oh, like I don't, your I don't know what. So it's so right. So he's there for an unapproachable chap. Can't think. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't approach him. <laughs> I can't. Oh, and I can't even ask if it was a defender, midfielder, or, or striker. Um, who, um, I've uh. I've no idea. I've no idea who he, who even has left Juventus. Um, Vidal. He, he wasn't even playing. Chiellini. Wait, Chiellini. Yeah. Really? He's left. I didn't know he left Juventus. Yeah, he's gone to LAFC. I don't know why I said Vidal. Vidal wasn't even at Juventus last season. I just panicked. Oh god. Well, I, I had no idea Chiellini left. Oh, I tried to go for some a big player. No, and, but, okay, no, no that, that that was very good, and and I, ne I nearly got that. I nearly you, got that. You, you mean you got you got round in about five seconds? You you got you got there. You got there. <laughs> Did you like my uh, subjective question as well? The, the shopping question. I mean, it kind of. I mean, from my reaction, it kind of helped. I thought that might have helped. Yeah. Oh no, it did. Yeah, yeah. Was shopping. Oh, it's like, yeah, you ain't getting out. <laughs> well, I was just trying to think of like past Juventus players who were like dickheads. I was like, oh, Vidal. He he, he doesn't look very approachable. But I don't, I... Oh, old oh, older players. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You want to go to retirement now? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That that was very well done. Well done there. Uh, that was guess the footballer in sixty seconds. Uh, if you guys have got any suggestions for me, by the way, that you want to see. Um, I'm, I'll, I'm sure I'll upload the clips to TikTok, so just like co leave comments, like letting me know uh, what uh, what you want me to do. Uh, we're not going to keep like score. Do you want to keep scores for that, or shall we just like have it have it as like a fun little game? We can have that as a fun little game. I think. Yeah, let's do that. Right. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna beat me at your subjectively incorrect, so however, it is. <laughs> I'm not gonna win that. So. <laughs> okay, then let's move on to uh, not a football section. What's ground Gasky's gears this week? I need to get a jingle or something. So let's. You're going to be the star. You're going to be star of the show for a second. What's upset you this week in the week, Gasky? What's ground your gears this week? This week, Nobbins, it is public transport. Tell me more. Public transport. Since when do people not understand how to use public transport? Go on. That's, that's what's ground my gears. You get onto public transport. What do you do? You let people off first mm -hmm. because yes, because if you don't let them off, then you can't go on. Simple as that. But then again, education has obviously gone a bit downhill in England. People don't even know how to get onto public transport. Simple as that. And that is that is what's right, my gears. And it's just an absolute nightmare. And I'm sick of it. Was there? A... It, it's, that's if it does turn, and that's if it turns up. It might not even turn up. You know, you might be waiting. Again, that's it. You know, they're saying about it's like buses. That's that's actually taking the piss out of them. Simple as that. <laughs> Is there a particular incident that's happened? Like, was there like a particularly rude person or something that's triggered this, or is it just a general build-up of hate and angst? It's it's a build-up. It, you'll you'll go for a month of it. You know, going maybe a bit a bit too harsh, but then the next month. You just give up. You just, what's the point? I might as well walk home. There you go. Absolute uh, joke. Well, and, and that's what's ground Gasky's gears this week. You've got, But you got that off your chest, and I'm hoping to have more rants 
next week. This is going to be every week, by the way. We're, we're hoping to sort of... We're thinking Monday evening recording these generally, aren't we? Gasky. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. So these should be every single week after the match is played so we can have a chat about them. Uh, and I want to move on to something called Knob Gas. No, it's not as odd as you think it sounds. It's not as flatulent as you think it might sound. My name is Nobbins. Gasky's name is Gasky. Those are our, our, our birth names, okay? And and essentially, it's just a combination. It's like Knob Gas uh, advice, Knob Gas Q&A. The idea is that the people who support me on the Patreon, aka uh, the Noblets, get to submit questions, whether it's they want to ask Gasky or me a general life question, whether they want relationship advice, or if they want to ask a football question or just a general thought-provoking question. Uh, so we, I've got four, just four questions. We can do them, you know, relatively quick fire. Um, from Owen Gasky, who is your favourite ever footballer and why? Ooh, very good question. I would say from who I've who I've seen live would have to be um, Brazilian Ronaldo. I was one of my first games at Old Trafford was that match against Real Madrid, and he, again. I've never seen Old Trafford applaud a player get subbed off by the opposition team, and he was that good. And he'd have to be—that's the best I would say I've seen play in my lifetime. That is an excellent, that's an excellent shout. Side note: Can we can we both just like agree right now that R9 Ronaldo is better than King Luis Suarez? Oh yeah, thank you. I mean Suarez, Suarez is a great finisher. Don't don't get me wrong, but he's not at that level. Thank you, thank you. Not at that level. You heard, Gasky said it, so it's true. Uh, and and for me, favorite ever player, favorite ever footballer is probably Kolarov. Um, why he was a bit of a mentalist, and you know, I I'm sort yeah, of left footed. Left oh yeah, I'm sort yeah, of left footed. If I was a footballer, I think I would be a left back, and I just like the fact that he was the number eleven, sort of like how Cancelo's number seven at left back. Kolarov, uh, Kolarov literally knocked a referee out with a free kick. That's how powerful it was, and and he was just a. You know, it was it was it was it was a good player. I feel like it was underrated. Um, yeah, just like Kolarov. Oh yeah, yeah, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't bad. And uh, but you know, I also like you know the likes of Shawnee Wright as well. But if I had to say one player, I'd probably go Kolarov. Um, Village asks. This is a question from Village. How far can you kick a Chihuahua? Oh, I mean, that depends. What what's the wind like on that at that moment? Let's assume it, that would depend. Let's assume that it's you know minimal wind, so it's purely the velocity of your kick is propelling this little doggo. Oh uh, oh oh! Thirty yard top bins. Top bins. Easy. Thirty yard top bins. Yeah. That would a cold a cold wet and windy night in Stoke though mm. is another question. That that could go eighty yards if Sorensen's in there and go over his head. <laughs> you know, classic. Easy. Easy. And is that from a running, uh, running kick, or is that from a standstill yeah. kick? That, that that that's from a free kick. Mm. Well, so if you're there's a wall, there's a wall there as well. I'm bending it over the yeah. wall. This it's going. Yeah, love that. Uh, yeah, I, I reckon I could kick a chihuahua a decent distance. I reckon because I properly boot. Because I don't like chihuahuas either, so I properly boot it. I have proper rage and aggression. Little yappy rat. Uh, so I reckon. Like, it's probably like a football. Probably like a football, wouldn't it? So as, as far as I can kick a football, yeah. is the answer to that one. Yeah, I mean, it'd have to be pinned down because I assume it would run away if it saw a, a, saw a football cleat. Oh, yeah. Let, let, yeah, let's assume it's, yeah. I don't know, blind or something. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, DR, <laughs> DR asks, 
DR asks three signings that Gasky would want for United, and I think he's asking for you know them to be so, so, you know, so you know don't say you know Holland and Messi, but uh, yeah. make them relatively within, realistic. Within the, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say, I would say Frankie De Jong definitely because he would he would help that that definitely in that midfield position. Um, probably, I'd probably say Anthony. Because mm-hmm. been linked with him as well, I would say because you need know, them attackers have had plenty of chances, and clearly not good enough. And ooh, a defensive midfielder, surely, one. surely. Yeah, no, yes, yes. And there isn't many out there anymore that I can think of who's a solid one to forget. That that Sangari for PSV looks good, but I think he just had a new contract. But that's there. I'd probably go for him as well. Yeah. And I'm going off, you know, realistic. Yeah, who they could potentially get would be them three, and I think changing that midfield would change a lot. Good answer. And then Mo, the final question: How many seasons are United behind Arsenal in terms of quality? Hmm. Quality of players, I don't think they're that far behind in terms of actual. Being able to play football for quite a few years, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they can get a good structure, I reckon not far behind Arsenal in terms of actual players. But overall, three or four years, I think, mm-hmm. with the way Arsenal are going, Arsenal are very, turning around very, very quickly, which could end, which could end in tears. It could, it yeah. could end in trophies. You don't know, but I think the way they're going, United are a few years behind. I'm going to say, because I think Mo wanted me to answer that as well, I'm going to go bold and say that uh, United would be behind Arsenal in terms of quality until the Glazers sell up, and that might not be for like another 20 years. That's my well, yeah, hot the way, take. The way, the, way it's lo- the way it's looking, it could, it's one of those where if the, if the Glazers were to sell up, you, you could see a quick turnaround like Arsenal are having, or if they don't, you might see United in the Championship in a few years. You never know. Absolutely. <laughs> you you really <laughs> never know. A future segment that I want to do on this uh, podcast is called Hobnobbing with Nobbins. Hobnobbing basically means socializing. So I'm thinking that's where we could get a nobbler on the podcast to have a chat about something. But this is only the first one. So let me know in the comments. Is that an idea that you'd like the idea of? And uh, we're coming to the end of it now. Let's just have a, a quick preview of the ne- of next week's matches. And if you're still here... And this is for you because this is your after we preview next next week's matches, the opportunity to win not only knob coins, but also is it three months of Discord Nitro that we can give away as a gift? It is, it is. We've got we've got three months of Discord Nitro we can give away. Sensational stuff. So if you've made it here, that is your reward. Uh, you can potentially win that. Uh, but let's 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 begin with a, a quick preview of next week's matches. For, for me, the games to watch next week, obviously, it's Newcastle versus Man City. Uh, I think that it's, 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 it's at St. James's Park. I still think City will win that one. But the main event, obviously, is Manchester United versus Liverpool. Now, there is no Darwin Nunez. Might still be Nat Phillips at the back. Who knows with Liverpool's injury situation. Are you remotely confident of getting anything from that game? No. Fair enough. That? <laughs> <laughs> no, simple it's, as that. It's... After... After after watching United and watching Liverpool, Liverpool again, Liverpool are oppressors. They'll press, they'll press, and that's all you have to do to beat United. It's that easy to beat them. Mm. So especially De Gea, that, just nothing at all. Exactly, you know, you know De Gea. The only way that they could win that game is if they just keep pelling up and hope Ronaldo can nod some of them. That's the only way I can see United win. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Well, there's hope. It's, it's at Old Trafford, isn't it? So you never know. They just need to not capitulate. Well, you said Old Trafford, but also United are rubbish at Old Trafford. And also, <laughs> they're looking at, they want to, the fans want to enter the stadium in a protest, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be staggered if that happened, because if one fan leaves, another one just comes in, don't they? Exactly. I don't think it will, because all these protests they've had, you need to have a, like a significant number and the 75,000 season in Old Trafford. Unless you can get it below 60,000, it's not going to matter. Yeah. One bit, so. Because, yeah, like, like for example, tourists who are, who are there just because are not going to yes, care about they, a they don't. walkout. Or, and, also, and also, people nowadays follow players and not teams. They'll follow Ronaldo and they won't care about United. They just want to watch Ronaldo play. They won't. They're not bothered. Yeah. So, simple as that. It's a very good point. And let's end now with what I like to call ball busters this is totally stolen from a game show which happened in like the uh, i believe it was the 80s called uh blockbusters which was then stolen by carl pilkinton in the ricky gervais show called blockbusters and i've just nicked the format <laughs> so blockbusters when they did it it was with uh artists with music i'm doing it with football players past present the theme is football so to give you an idea so the premise is i give an initial i then give a cryptic clue and you've got to say who the football player is past present etc the i want you to guys to put your answers into the comment section and the winner will be obviously if you get if we've got multiple multiple people who've got all three then there'll be like a we'll just like pull, pull a name out of the hat or something but obviously, if you get them all right and no one else does, then you win. If you get two right and no one else does, it's that sort of thing. And I will I will give the winner um, a thousand knob coins. Same prize for winning the quiz. If you don't know what knob coins are, that's our currency on uh, on my Twitch streams. And Gask is very kindly uh, donating three months of Discord Nitro. So th this is the, for the first one only. Maybe we'll get more prizes in the future as well. But it's worth winning. It's a, it's a shite quiz show but potentially good prizes. And let me just give an example. Oh, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And let me just give an example of what I mean. So, and, and they're, they're sort of supposed to be a bit bad. So you've got to think inside my brain. So for example, one of them might be, so Gasky, for example, the initial is E. I say body odor. You say B.O. You say B.O. There you go. You, you say B.O., you say bio you it's that it's that shit it is that shit <laughs> so that's what we're working with i've tried to do a sort of easier one average one and a tricky one so the first clue get get your pens out at home get your pens and notepads out the first clue the initials i remember this could be a, pl a football player manager past present dead alive whatever so there's a broad spectrum here the first one the initials are d d and the cryptic clue, that part of my leg is thirsty. That part of my leg is thirsty. D, D. Clue number two, the, the initial... Hello. Oh, you got... Oh, there you go. Excellent. Does it work? That's not a bad one. Uh, I don't mind that one. That's, that's not a bad there one. There you go. Next clue, the initial is F. And the clue is, not in my opinion... Not in my opinion. And the initial is F. 
Gasky's struggling with that one, and I will reveal them at the end of next week's podcast. Now, see if Gasky can get them. Um, struggling a bit more with that one. That's good. And then the final one. Now, now, th- now, this is hard and stupid. If anyone gets this, I'll be very impressed. You can, maybe you can figure it out from the, from the initials. I don't know. The initials are D L D L, and the cryptic clue: the Jamaican fella enjoys being a solicitor. The Jamaican fella enjoys being a solicitor. That's D L. So if you want to take Ooh. part, if you want to take part in ball busters, the, the reason why it's called ball busters is because you know that they're ball busters of, a, of, a, of clues. Um, leave a comment uh, with, with all your answers. Even if we've got multiple people getting them all right, then we'll just draw a name out of the hat. That's to get a thousand knob coins. And uh, I believe the nitro. Just to double check, I think the nitro is for if you've never had nitro before. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. you, you have to have not used it before. Yeah. Great, yeah. So that, that that's a good prize, I think, for the first ever one. Um, but yeah, so that's Ball Busters. And that is the first episode of The Knobcast. I just had to double check how I clicked uh, start recording then because otherwise I was going to cry that <laughs> like an hour and 20 had been wasted. But no. I, I would have cried as well. <laughs> but no, we, we did it. We did our first one. I, I think, as, as I say, guys, please leave yeah. your feedback. Please be constructive in your feedback let us know how we can improve it's obviously go a little bit easier it's obviously our first one we're just getting it's obviously a video podcast as well so it's not as smooth as it was us being in a studio but long term if this goes well we do like the idea I i think like the other day we were looking at studios in manchester which we could potentially hire so if it goes well short term we can get gasky a better camera better microphone get into a studio have a better format we'll we'll get more natural with it as well um first time we're ever doing one and hopefully really hope you enjoyed it I- i've enjoyed doing it gasky have have you enjoyed it or oh, well, it, it's been it's been fun yeah i mean able to express our opinions and also enjoy each other's company oh isn't that nice do you want to kiss definitely definitely it's outrageous <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much uh, for joining Gasky. Do you want to um, ha- have have a final sign off? Uh, I hope everyone has a great week, and I hope that your teams don't depress you the way they might depress me. So yeah, have a have a have a great week. We'll see you next week. There we go. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for watching. Really hope you enjoyed it. As I say, leave feedback in the comment section. Get your ball busters answers in. Knob coins and Discord Nitro at stake let us know how we can improve we're always willing to improve and try to make it better for you if you hated it tell me you hated it and you know hopefully didn't but anyway that is us signing off uh this is going to be a youtube video obviously because you're watching it but i'm also thinking that we're going to try to put it on spotify apple music you know the standard things um that will be but fundamentally it will be a video podcast available on youtube on the anobbins fc channel that was a knobcast. Have a lovely rest of your evening, chaps. I'm assuming it's the evening. Might not be. And we'll see you next time.